When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Podcast on Fifth Ave. We didn't record last week because Wednesday was the start of the free agency period this, this summer, and it was a wild first day. I know, Taylor, you were pretty busy with everything that was going on. The Penguins definitely made some moves. They We can kind of just go move by move, but they started by signing Jan Ruda from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So tell us a little bit about him because he's a defenseman and we know that the Penguins have a surplus of those. So tell us why that's a good thing that they brought him yeah, in. I, I mean, I think, you know, we'll get into like the trades and everything after, but they've obviously made a lot of moves to improve their defense. And one of the big things we've seen that they wanted to to do is get bigger, add more size, guys who do play a little bit more more physical on the back end. And Ruda, he is six foot three, two hundred pounds. So, um, you know, they locked him up for three years, uh, pretty you know reasonable cap hit, two point seventy five uh, million. Uh, so he definitely has some size. He's going to be thirty four when the deal expires, so a little on the older side. I, I did see. Um, Cap Friendly had a, a a list of like you know the the youngest teams in the league by average age and oldest and the Penguins are the oldest team in the league at, at thirty exactly thirty flirty and thriving thirteen hundred thirty okay but anyway so I mean Ruda he is an older guy he does kind of bump that that average up but um, that that move gave them nine potential NHL defenseman, yeah. which is quite a lot of defensemen. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we, if we could probably go into like trades after just, you know, but because he, yeah. you know, they, they signed him. And at the time that gave them nine, that gave them him, Latang, Dumlin, Matheson, Marino, Pedersen, Friedman, Ruido, and Joseph. And then, so, you know, Ron Hextel talked on that day and he said, um, he was asked, you know, get, bringing in Ruda is like, because Ruda is a guy too that he's so he's naturally a righty. They really didn't have much depth on the right side where you could afford mm-hmm. to really move out a right-handed guy. So Ruda, when he came in, we we're like, oh, maybe you know now they'll, they'll they can move out a righty, free up some cap space, put it towards a forward. Um, Ruda also does play on the left side, so it really gave him a lot of flexibility for a trade. So Hextel mm-hmm. speaks on on um, you know after a couple hours in a free agency 
And he's asked, like, you know, you have nine defensemen. Is it fair to say that a trade is coming? And Hextel's like, yeah, well, we're not going to go into training camp with nine defensemen. So that's a fair assumption. And so then they make two trades. And they trade out two defensemen, four two defensemen, and a forward, giving them nine defensemen. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't really – they didn't yeah. – they, they slid a lot around for pretty much the I, same thing. And you can – yeah, there, there are, there are definitely upgrades. There is one thing I want to say about the age, though, because people are getting very worked up about the fact that the Penguins are an older team, and that it, it just is what it is right now for the state of the franchise because the, their three core players are on the older side, and you're not just going to move out all these old players for younger, faster guys who are already developed and aren't going to cost a fortune to, to bring in. Like you, it's, it just seems a little bit, I don't know. Whenever people are like, how are they going to compete with Colorado? I I don't know. Like it, but it's not about playing the same game as Colorado. It's about playing their best game and figuring out how they can beat teams with the team that they have built. And so my my initial reservation whenever they brought more defensemen in was like, what the heck is going on? Like, it just it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of method to this. But Danny uh, Shirey wrote about the defensemen that they brought in, and it at least made me feel a lot better because the guys that they're getting are are the guys that they got that it happened. Um, there's a lot more offensive upside than the guys that they lost. Because Mike Matheson, he was always kind of a wild card. You never really know what game you were going to get from him. And John Marino's offensive production kind of dropped off. And, yeah, he could be great. He could reach the potential that they saw in him, or he might not. And so let's talk about the guys that they did bring in 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 place of those two yeah so the trades first the marino one uh they send them to new jersey by the way did you see when he did his media availability with new jersey and they tweeted the video they called him josh like in the tweet welcome josh marino um that's not Uh-oh. his name <laughs> that's definitely so they not traded josh marino <laughs> to the devils <laughs> um for Ty Smith, a, a defenseman, and a third-round pick uh, in, in this coming draft, which third-round pick, by the way, that's that's a pretty, you know, decent pick, and it is a deeper draft next year, so mm-hmm. that, that's a good, you know, pickup. Ty Smith, um, right. a former first-round pick, he – so he's, he's on an entry-level deal. So that move – that was the first move they made. That did free up um, a lot of cap space because Marino was making, you know, about $4 million. Um, Ty Smith just under under nine with because he is on the, the third and final year of his entry level deal. His first two years he spent entirely in the NHL. He's never been in the minors, um, but because you know he only has those two years pro, um, he is waiver exempt. I believe for thirty six more games so until he plays thirty six more NHL games. Um, so Ty Smith, you know, he, he didn't have a great season last year in New Jersey, and he, kind of, he acknowledged that when he spoke to us uh, the other day. Um, he is someone, too, that does have experience on both sides. He is a lefty. He primarily played on the left in um, uh, New Jersey. I did ask him about it, uh, and, you know, do, if he had experience on the right side. And he said in juniors he actually played on the right side about 95% of the time, and then, you know, like world junior stuff like that. Um so, yeah, Ty Smith, he, he is another guy who gives them that versatility. But also, 
but them having mm-hmm. a, oh yeah so like what i was what i was saying in hexel i was like we're not going to camp at nine defensemen and then they make these two trades and they have nine defensemen and he's like well we're probably i'd be fine if we go into a camp with nine defensemen <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what's, what are you saying ron um <clears throat> I don't know. It's coming. I still feel like another, you know, maybe another move gets made. Yeah. Cap space. Can you still get a resign cabin in? But anyway, if they're going in with this many defensemen, um, some guys are going to have to be sent down. Ty Smith, even though he has never been in the minors before, he is exempt from waivers. So I feel like he's a candidate for Wilkes-Barre if they need to send people down just Mm. because he is the only option. Like, Joseph is no longer exempt from waivers. Ty Smith is the only guy who can be sent down without having to pass the waivers. Mm. So I feel like he might not start in Pittsburgh. But again, I I, I, have no, I couldn't tell you. Like, when they made the, the, two, yeah. made the two trades and they still have nine defensemen, people were, like, tweeting at me, like, what's the plan? Like, can you explain? I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, no, I still think... Like you said, you know they did. They definitely upgraded the defense, um, and I, the moves they made it, it does it does give them more versatility. And they did get bigger on the back end for sure. Mm-hmm. So they did improve the defense, and they are bigger, which is what they wanted. But they still have nine, so I don't I don't know what the long yeah plan is for these guys. Um, it it doesn't quite make sense because you have that John Marino's gone, Ty Smith is in, and now Mike Matheson's yeah. gone, but he's also been replaced by a defenseman. Yeah. And uh, again, upgrade, but like questionable. Yeah. I just I, I I did joke like you know when they had nine defensemen and people were like, but it's the long term plan. I was like, well, Mike Matheson is finally going to get to play forward, like we all wanted to see. Like, how often did he try like wrap around goals, <laughs> like especially last year? Yeah, he oh did my score on did score uh, on one, but he tried. He, he wanted it so yeah. bad. But anyway, Mike Matheson, you talked about it. Like the Mike Matheson experience, you kind of never know what you're gonna get. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they 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 traded him. First of all, I never talked about him as like a like a candidate. I think we were more so focused on like Pedersen, just because we're like, who's gonna take Matheson's mm-hmm. contract? <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, the thing. But so you know, they they were able to unload him. I mean, good good for him going to like his his hometown team too. At least he ends up mm-hmm. in a good spot. But they do get pretty much, you know, <laughs> pet. So they bring in Pedri. Pedri's thirty four years old. He has four years left, and he has a six point twenty five uh, million cap hit. So they're getting a, a kind of a bad contract back. Um, He's now the second highest paid player on the Penguins behind Crosby. <laughs> so, um, so they get him back, and they get Ryan Paling back, who's a forward. Um, and uh, I mean, so so Petri, he he talked about how so he's he prefers to play with. So he, he's he's like a offensive like you know like puck moving puck moving defenseman. He mm-hmm. prefers to play with someone who's more of a defensive defenseman. I feel like Petri and Pedersen are it's, that's probably going to be be a pairing. Um, okay. So I I feel like that's what we're going to see, and then you know maybe like Ruto Ruidal going into the season, and that kind of gives you. I think Ruto would have to play as offside mm-hmm. I, again. We don't know where this is going as far as like trades go because they have nine. But I, I, if that right. is like your six, I, I think it's an upgrade. And then mm-hmm. Paling, Ryan Paling, the, the four they get back, 
he's almost exclusively played center um, for Montreal, and they don't need a center because, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Bluger, Carter are your four. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I looked, he played maybe a handful of games uh, for uh, Montreal at wing, but then I did also ask him too, and he spoke, you know, does he have experience at wing like before that? And he said, yeah, like World Juniors, and then also like a little bit before that, I think he said he played uh, mostly wing in college. Um, so he hasn't done it a whole lot at the NHL, NHL level, but he says he has um, a comfort level with the position and like an awareness of what it takes uh, in that adjustment process to become comfortable. It's more about, you know, learning like the defensive side mm-hmm. of the game, like, you know, the responsibilities changing and um, really focusing on those. So he's someone too that could, you know, be a bottom six forward option. Um, they do have a lot of those too now, but uh, so yeah, he's someone that could, um, could, could end up making the roster too, or he could like be, be an extra. So there's really a, a lot up in the air right now. Guess we'll see what happens as we get closer to training camp. There were a couple other moves that the Penguins made, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. back the penguins also made quite a few significant signings since the last time we recorded they signed chris letang they signed ricard raquel and they also signed evgeny malkin didn't look like that one was going to happen uh at the at the very end there was a lot of back and forth on that one but all three of those guys were critical pieces for the team that they're trying to push into next season so the fact that they were able to get all of them on longer term deals, but deals nonetheless, they're sticking around and are going to be part of the roster, which is exciting. I know that um, Chris Letang took a discount to stay and Evgeny Malkin probably could have made more on the, on the open market as well. So the fact that they wanted to stay, that says a lot about them and the team that they believe the Penguins have right now. So yeah, the, t- give us the details. Just give us a quick rundown of what those, what those contracts look like. Yeah. So Malkin, Latang, they have the same cap hit, uh, 6.1 million uh, Malkin for four years, Latang for six years. Uh, and then Raquel is uh, six years at five. Uh, Malkin uh, full, no movement clause. Um, Latang has a full one for the first four, and then he has a modified no trade clause for the final two. Uh, so they get some security. And then something I believe we talked about on here is like uh, what a 35 plus contract is. Mm. Basically, if a player is signing a contract when he's at least 35 years old, it's a multi year deal, and it is either front loaded or it has signing bonuses beyond year one. Then if that player retires in the middle of the contract, their cap hit doesn't go away or get reduced at mm. all. And um, you can't, I mean, you can buy them out, but it doesn't do anything for the money. <laughs> like their cap hit does not get reduced at all. So yeah. Hang and, and Malkin, the way theirs is structured is that um, they are real, they're true 35 plus contracts. So if they retire in the middle of it, um, you can't, 
<laughs> their cap hits don't go away and you can't buy them out. Jeff Carter's is also the same way for okay. years, which is insane. That is wild. <laughs> they structured it that way to give him that protection. So uh, Latang and Malkin, I mean, you figure this uh, keeps them penguins for life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the term, I think for both of them is more than what we expected. Because, yeah. like, Malkin, when he was asked uh, on cleanout day how much, how much longer he wanted to play, I believe he said, you know, three or four years, maybe. Yeah. Latang said five easily. <laughs> you know, I don't, so I don't, um, I don't think this is the the term that the Penguins necessarily wanted to give them, but given the cap situation, they gave them more years to yeah. put their cap hit down, which, I mean, Hextall, I know he gets a lot of flack from, from fans, but I think he deserves a, a ton of credit because if, yeah. I don't think anyone thought that they'd be able to keep Russ, Malk, and Latang and Raquel. I yeah. think, you know, in the beginning, the thought was like either Rust or Raquel or there's there's like maybe they keep three probably two maybe three is no way four and they kept all of them um yep which uh is i mean is great i mean you just think about the top six is gonna look like you know next year raquel we didn't really get to see him in the playoffs because you know he, he got hurt but in the regular season he had he had great chemistry chemistry with crosby yeah, oh, I want to see them play together again so badly, so badly. You can keep them together. You can put, mm-hmm. you know, Rust with Malkin. Mm-hmm. Um, Raquel was about with Malkin, too, in, like, their their, their brief time together. It was a really short yeah. sample size for, for, you know, either of those lines. But um, it just gives them a lot of flexibility in the top six. Raquel is also mm-hmm. a guy that can play on, on either wing. So there's a lot they could do here. Um, but it just, uh, I, yeah, I mean, Hextall definitely deserves props for – for getting these guys all signed. And like you said, Malkin, I think you know, it was, you know, he, he told the team he was going to test free agency and this was like coming down to the wire. And then yeah, it was like 24 hours later, he signs, <laughs> you know, he didn't, he didn't. That was a whirlwind. Yeah. And, you know, Hexo had asked, you know, what changed, you know, to get him, you know, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Hexo was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I did, uh, you know, like Dan reported that, you know, Malkin's family played a big part of it, too, that, you know, like Malkin's wife wanted, even though she lives in Florida most of the year, didn't want to leave uh, mm. Pittsburgh. Um, so, I mean, that's big. <laughs> I Yeah. So funny. Uh, I like, I don't know if you saw the video, but like, so Latang, he signed on um, draft day, the first, on the day of the first round. And so, because he, he announced their pick, which is really cool. Because uh, it is yeah. Montreal and everything has to be done in French. Um, I don't know. <laughs> also in the organ- like, how quickly can we get P.O. here? No, let's just sign the tank, get it over with. So, um, Louis Domingue was actually there, by the way. Side story at the draft. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is like Love. before, and it was because this was like before the tank had gotten there. So it's like, is he here as like the emergency backup, just in case? Just in case, like I don't know, because I ran into him on the draft floor, and I was like, what are you doing here? Like, we did a double take, and he's like, I live here. And it's like at the Bell Center. Um, <laughs> but, so I, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> doing there. Oh, my god. But goodness. anyway, so Latang, and he's there with his son, Alex, who, by the way, he's, like, big now. Like, Alex, remember when he was, like, a what? little thing? No. The, he's, like, what, eight years old now? Anyway, That's so, so sad. He, he has a, a press conference after, um, after, you know, the Penguins make their pick and all. 
and he comes to the podium and he has Alex with him. Um, and Alex sits at the podium with him. And if like, you remember like St. Louis, the all-star game in 2020, mm -hmm. it was like, we were asking the 10 questions and he had like Alex on his lap and Alex just started answering. Like he was what, like six years <laughs> old at the time. Like we were not asking Alex, but Alex just took over and the 10 was like, all right. And then like, put him down, you know, the little pod and walk off. Oh my off. goodness. And his kid handled his media deal. Incredible. So he had Alex up there. Alex is a little older. He's not doing that now. But, you know, like the way these work is you make like eye contact with PR, raise your hand, and then she like, you know, puts you in the in the order. Then okay. you get the mic and all. So like I, I text Jen Blano, you know, the Penguins PR woman. I'm like, is uh, is Alex taking questions? Like, can I ask <laughs> Alex a question? Like, he's up there. She's like, yeah, go for it. I'm like, cool. I was like, consider my hand raised then. Uh, <laughs> so I get the mic, and I'm like, this one's for Alex. Um, and like, Latang, you, you immediately he thought that was like really funny that Alex is getting a question. But you know, I just Amazing. asked, you know, um, like, what, what what do you think about your dad's deal? Saying it's mm -hmm. for six more years, and he's like, well. And like the whole time he's talking, Latang is talking to him in French. And I I see someone someone had like translated that like what Latang is saying to him is like don't don't say what we actually say at home. Don't say what we actually <laughs> <laughs> And so Alex Latang, um, oh. he's like, Well, my whole family, we uh wanted to go to another spot. <laughs> and then like everyone's like, Why is like laughing? Oh my goodness. Um, and then he's like, but that's not it. He's like, that's not all. And he's like, you know, he talks about how he gets to stay here with his friends and all. And so, you know, he's happy. And then, then the tank takes the mic back and he's like, do you want a translation for that? And I'm like, I guess. And he's like, yeah. What he means to say is that we were preparing him for the possibility that we might have to go to another spot. Mm. So, not that they, he wanted to test for agency or anything. At least that's what he's saying. Um, yeah but you know they were they were telling Alex you know we might have to go to another city so Alex was like looking up you know different cities I follow Latang's trainer on Instagram and he puts a lot of stories of like Latang working out and Alex was in a different team shirt every day <laughs> like oh my goodness background. like the day before he signed Alex is like walking around in like a Carolina Hurricanes shirt I'm like huh he was a little too prepared Carolina? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Nashville the next day so Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. It sounded like Alex Latang needed to like cancel a meeting with like a realtor or something. He was looking into other like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um they're sticking around Raquel. Uh you know, he he's he's packing up, moving here. I follow like his him and his wife on Instagram too. They they're still in Anaheim. They're not even going home this summer because they just had a baby like a yeah. like a month ago. Not that long ago. Um, they're coming here. They're bringing their dogs. How funny, though, that the day Raquel signs is the day that they change Heinz Field's name. Because I do remember his dog. His dog, yeah. His dog is Heinz. And his dog is named yep. after Heinz Field. I remember last season. He was That's talking, a bummer. Yeah, he was talking about how, like, oh, next season I want to come back and bring Heinz to Heinz Field. And it's too, uh, it's too late. Either he's got to change his dog's name or just cancel the plans but yeah maybe so maybe next time <laughs> yeah i that's mean a, that's a bummer i know a lot of people are like oh you they're, they're bringing back a lot of the same team they're just gonna get bounced in the first round again but i mean they make it out of the first round both of the last two years with even average goaltending so yeah I'm yep and that's the thing like there were a lot of injuries uh, that happened at weird times and then guys got healthy at weird times and 
the goaltending collapse last year and then the goaltending injuries this year, it was, there were just so many freak things. It was not a result. Uh, And even, even before that, like the only series that, or the two series, I think in the last, however many years that probably were not, um, you know, the best showing of the team were in 2019 when they got swept by the Islanders and then in the weird bubble against Montreal. That Those were like the two where it was like, who is this team? Yeah. But even in the 2018 series against the Capitals, which that was the last playoff season that they won a series in, like that was just puck luck. Like if, if Tom Kunakle doesn't hit that. Post, exactly. They, they, exactly. They might, they might three Pete. That was, yeah. uh-huh. so that wasn't a bad year. 2019, obviously awful. And even 2020 in the bubble, that's hard to like, it, it was so weird. Montreal should have been that good. Like nope. nothing was normal. Um, no, every, there were months off, like another training camp. And then, you know, those little like exhibition games and then right into the playoffs. Nothing, nothing mm-hmm. was normal. There were a lot of weird things yeah. that happened that year. Um, yeah, Islanders, Jari was obviously awful in, in 2021, even aside from that, the passing the puck straight up the middle, turning it over. And then, and then Louis Louis Domingue, Louis Domingue was not a bad number three goalie. I think any other team would have been screwed if you put your number, there's a reason a number three is the number three. Like if if they were capable of starting uh, a playoff series and, and, and doing well, they would not, be, they would be with another, they team. would not be yeah. trying for to a number three role. Now, yeah. Another signing that they, they made on, on to start for agency. They did. I think they did upgrade the number three position. Um, mm-hmm. Louis Domingue. Yeah. Louis Domingue. He signed in New York. Uh, he loved the spicy pork and broccoli he had there. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> sold him. Oh. Um, but they bring in Dustin Tchaikovsky, who played mm-hmm. extended games for Buffalo last season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Louis Domingue, he does have, he did have, you know, some NHL experience. Not really anything extended like that. Right. At least not recently. He was very much a, you know, career number three backup borderline guy. Dustin Tchaikovsky actually has, you know, a little bit more mm-hmm. experience. And, you know, he, this is his second time in the organization. He was here uh, a couple years ago. When Dustin Tokarski was here before, he signed an AHL contract with Wilkes-Perry. Um, Jari and Murray were the guys in Pittsburgh. Casey DeSmith was around, and it was Casey DeSmith's first year where he needed um, waivers. And the thing mm. was that they might trade Jari, but then when they were keeping when, – when they didn't, and they're keeping Jari, the thought was like, okay, well, because Casey had been in the NHL the year before. Everyone was like, well, Casey's not going to clear. Oh, my clear. God, that's right. Everyone was like, Casey's not going to clear through waivers. They're going to lose him to waivers. And so to oh, that's right. because I talked to him at training camp that year, and he had turned down NHL deals from other teams to sign an AHL contract with Wilkes-Barre. And the thinking was at the time was that when Casey gets claimed, um, then he will, mm. he will be the number three goalie. Then they will sign Tokarski to an NHL NHL deal. Tokarski will be the number three. But then Casey ended up clearing, and then so Tokarski and, and Smith were the tandem in Wilkesbury that year. Um, and they showed. Wow, that yeah. Emil Army was down there, and um, that's another big thing. Like Tokarski, you know, going on to Wilkesbury this year, his he's going to be with either Philip Lindbergh, who's pretty much an AHL rookie this year because he was hurt all last year 
Taylor Gauthier, who is going to be a, a rookie, or and then another or another young guy like Tommy Napier, who um, is on an AHL contract with Wilkes-Barre. So they needed to bring in a number three like that to be a mentor. And to, yeah. he, he's been in that kind of role before. So um, that's another, you know, like underrated move to upgrading. the Yeah. Three. Hopefully we never see him. Hopefully we never, see, you know. We shouldn't have to. Ideally. But you never know. <laughs> ideally, you don't see your number three goalie. But um, given the Penguins injury luck when, I don't know, Casey blows his groin out next year uh, just before the playoffs, you know, Tukarski is a, an upgrade over Louis Domingue. I'll have yeah. What is Chinese food order? Is that uh, training kit? Yeah, we need to know. That's the hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My God. Well, yeah, the the NHL draft also happens. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can talk about the Penguins picks. And we're back. The NHL draft was, what, two weeks ago now? Was it already that long ago? My goodness, the Penguins had a first-round pick. They used it on a defenseman, Owen Pickering. So bringing another pick-related last name to the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pickett, Pickens. It's just it's overload. But that, by every by all standards, everything that I've seen was a really, really, really good pick for the Penguins, and they were not expecting him to fall that far yeah right i like first of all i think every like whoever taught scout gm whatever says that about every pick they've ever made like we can't believe it's fair (laughs) you know so i don't know um i have to say when we did our draft preview i said i my my the guy i think they should pick and who was the most interesting one to me was ivan mirishnichenko Miro Shnichenko, the Russian for red cancer. Okay. The Caps took on the pick before. So, like, would they have taken him if he had been around? I don't know. But, yeah. Owen Pickering, yeah. Again, like, it seems like they're, they're the front office, they're making a concerted effort to get bigger. And he's six foot four. <laughs> um, Sheesh. You look at him, though, he is very lanky. He's, he's 180 pounds. That's what he's listed at. And that's because. And he's fast, right? Yeah, good skater. Um, I, hold on, I can pull up. So uh, Nick Pryor, who's the director of amateur scouting, he said he took major strides defensively and offensively this year. They're excited about his two-way game going forward. He skates extremely well for his size. He's grown mm-hmm. a lot over the past couple of years. Um, and so one of the reasons he's such a good skater and why he's also lanky is because he went through like a massive growth spurt. Um, oh. So he – Went from five foot seven to six foot four in a matter of three years. Like that's that's huge. <laughs> like that's massive. Like so he went from oh, like oh. An, a very undersized defenseman to like now an actual like you know a guy who brings some oh, size. Oh my goodness! Wow. He talked about this at development camp. Um, that you know when he was smaller, he had to be that kind of like agile guy, mm. you know, evading you know opponents, and so that's how he kind of got to be you know skating one of his strengths and then he shot up to six foot four yeah so he is very lanky you look at him he's very skinny but that's also because he's still filling out like you know he was he was short yeah that long ago so they're not not you know they're not concerned about that at all um they his ability to put on you know size muscle whatever you know he has time um he's gonna go back to he's played he plays for the swift current broncos in the whl um 
the the way the junior leagues and the NHL they have an agreement um, where uh, a player who is junior age can't go pro and play in the minors until he's twenty. So for someone okay. like Pickering, um, until he's that age, his options are the NHL or back to juniors. Um, this was like a debate they had like a sprung like a couple years ago. Like do mm. bring him here and then they end up sending him back. Um, so Pick- Pickering, yeah, that that's what's going on with him. So. He'll probably go back to Swift Current um, in the WHL for two more years um, and then go pro. So we're, we're a ways away from even seeing him play in Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. So he has time to, to put on size. That's not really uh, much of a concern. Very um, articulate, personable guy listening to him. Okay. It was, like, surprising how comfortable he was um, and how much personality he had in these interviews. I feel mm. like a lot of the younger kids – um, you don't, you don't see like, you know, sometimes they're nervous. Um, but yeah. Pickering was like very comfortable, very, uh, funny, giving like thoughtful answers. Um, I talked to him at development camp. Did you see like the flag football game they played in development camp? Yes. Oh my goodness. I, Incredible. I, I, like I asked like Judd Caulfield about that, like at the end of like a real interview, just trying to get, um, you know, like a fun, like, you know, nugget through the story I was writing. But then like a couple guys around him all started like chiming in and like, you know, like, Oh my God. Like, Amazing. Know, like, telling you who is good. Like Tommy Napier is a great quarterback. Sam Hood was 40 <laughs> yard field goals. And they were critiquing. It's like Owen Pickering is playing running back. They say he holds the ball like LaShawn McCoy, like one arm, like far away. From Love. Body. Yeah. But he's like a skinny guy. And then Judd Caulfield was like, yeah, we didn't have much ball security out there. And then sorry, I was Pickering. And I was like, what's your response? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm working on it. I'm going to come back. I apologize. I'm going to come back better next year. <laughs> so they play flag football again. He's working Amazing. on that too. But um, yeah, just a good pick and like a great personality too. Um, That's always exciting. They run down the, the fourth round. So they, they took a goalie. Sergey mm-hmm. Marashkov. He was the only one of the picks who was not at development camp, and we didn't get to see because he's Russian. Um, obviously, some difficulties with bringing those guys over right now. But then also a part of it is those those teams are having like training camps right now in Russia. They start you know their camps Dang. very early. Like like Kirill Tankov wasn't there too. Um, he's their other Russian prospect, the forward. But um, like he's having training camp with Scott right now. Um. Uh, Murashov, he plays for the locomotive in the system. He's coming from the junior league. Um, six foot, that's kind of small for a goalie. Something interesting about him, he catches with his right hand. That is very rare. Um, like right catching goalies anywhere mm-hmm. except the Penguin system. They keep finding them. Like, yeah, it seems like they do. Like, like Taylor, they just keep popping up. Taylor Gauthier catches right. Um, Alex Dorio, who's a free agent, but was a prospect, you know, the past couple of years, he catches mm-hmm. right. Louis Domingue catches right. It's like, yeah. Are finding these guys? Like, are you targeting righties? I've asked before, <laughs> like, is there like a benefit? Like shooters aren't used to shooting on righties and they say no. Um, so I don't know how they keep getting right-handed catch- catching goalies, but it like, it was like, there's seven of them that maybe played in the NHL, the backup or starter all that season like it's, it's rare but and then the penguins are like half righties in the system so Mershov again interesting he's russian so um no telling when he's gonna be here uh, mm. a, a benefit though so you know normally you draft a guy to college a guy to juniors and you have um a certain amount of years to sign him um that's the 
dependent on like the NHL's like agreements with like those yeah. bodies. So like Finland, they have an agreement. So you have you sign a guy out of like that league. You have a certain amount of years. The NHL and Russia have no agreement, um, transfer agreement like that. So if you draft a Russian, you have them forever. Um, at least the rights until, until you move them. Like uh, uh, Pachursky, the, the goalie who played one game for the Penguins in 08, I think it was. Mm-hmm. The Penguins still have his rights because he's Russian and you don't lose him. Um, Dang. So Vershaw, it could be a while, which is fine because they have Lindbergh, they have Gauthier, and you have Leo Blomquist in Finland. Like they're stacked at goalie. Um, so he can keep developing in Russia, come over. Maybe be the next uh, Igor. Okay, okay. We're seeing a lot of good Russian goalies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fifth round, Zamplan. What a name. Um, he's he's coming from high school in in Minnesota. He's smaller. He's a center. He's five foot nine. Um, he models his game after Jay Gensel. Um, and you look nice. I know Danny did a good article on this. If you look on the site, like there, that's not just Dan saying that. Um, you like you will break down the film. There are a lot of similarities between the two of them in their games. So um, we didn't get to see. He was at development camp. We didn't get to see him because he did have shoulder surgery eight weeks ago. So okay. Covering. Um, you know, he's gonna go back to the USHL next year, and then he has. He's only seventeen, um, and then he's gonna go to you know college. So another. Any any of these guys that are picked this late, it's gonna be forever until we see them. Um, yeah, Zam. Um, people ask if his name is short for Zamboni. Not I. <laughs> I I did talk to him in development camp, and I was like, "Hey, how often do you get asked if your name is Zamboni?" He's like, "Literally every day." Um, and then so when it, when I would pass him like in the hallways outside the locker room after that, I would, Zamboni, like even though I'm not, <laughs> he thought that was hilarious. But so uh, Zamboni. Um. Yeah. Another. Another. Jake Gensel. Maybe. Nice. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh. Sixth round. So, their two sixth round picks kind of interesting. These are the only other picks they had. They traded their seventh to Florida. Was it for another seventh round pick? Mm-hmm. Um. So Nolan Collins. This is a pick they. So they they traded to get this pick so they could pick him. They wanted Nolan Collins. They traded. A prospect, Liam Gorman, Princeton, I want to say he was a sophomore junior. I don't know with COVID. Um, honestly, the least interesting noble prospect in the entire <laughs> system. Oh. Like, it, it could not have, like, been, like, a, a, a better prospect to be moved. Like, Liam Gorman, the least interesting guy in the system. So, he's gone. They sent him to Chicago, and they got this pick to pick Nolan Collins, who is another big defenseman six foot three 193 pounds um he's another guy who moves well for his size um and uh he's like good offensively he's gritty physical Mm -hmm. uh so he 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 models his game after josh manson um is what he told me which is uh, josh manson another six round pick like picked right around where collins was so okay um, a good pick to have. He's Sudbury in the OHL, so again, probably another two years before I even see him go pro. He has time to develop. Uh, and then the last one in the sixth round uh, was a forward, Luke Devlin. Um, he They picked him out of high school in Canada, which I feel like you never see guys drafted out of high school in Canada. He's playing in the BCHL next year, which is like a lower level 
Junior League, British Columbia. Okay. Then he's going to Cornell in 2023. So fills the void of losing Anthony Angelo. They always have to have a tall Cornell guy in the system. Before Anthony Angelo, they had like Christian Hilbrick, Alex Router. Um, oh my gosh. They have a type for sure they, at each position. They've had a tall Cornell Ford in the system for the last like five years. But so yeah, Angelo's gone. Uh, uh, he signed in St. Louis, but so they got another tall Cornell forward in Luke Devlin. Uh, he's, he's a center. He's another guy. I feel like every tall guy they pick, they say he moves well for his size. Um, but the big thing with him, compete level, I read a scouting report, uh, a scout that scouted, you know, his, his high school games and. Uh, they called him old school tough, um, really tough, loves to initiate contract. He's a bully, a bully, good net front guy in the power play. He's just a okay. So another interesting pick. I mean, once you're getting into these late rounds, it is kind of a crapshoot anyway. Um, yeah. It, it seems like they made a concerted effort to add some size and pick some bigger other good. Zamboni um, plant, but <laughs> it's five and nine. Um, but they picked some big guys, so uh and physical guy tough guys that use that size so uh interesting kind of fills a void in the penguins mm-hmm. um nolan collins also right uh handed which fills a void in the system honestly he might be the best right-handed pros- defense prospect in the system other than colin sawyer right now so uh i don't know i i i like i like the picks they made i i think i still wish maybe that uh, we would have seen what would have happened if mirachinchenko would have been available but picks they made. Yeah. I, I think they fill a lot of holes and, um, you know, guys that could be good long-term projects. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It was a good draft class and definitely lots to look forward to. And things are going to start happening. Of what? Where are we? Mid-July, end yeah. of July. Like we're, we're getting close to training camp and we're two months away from the preseason. So things are going to start happening really, really quickly now. So it's going to be a, a wild ride and it's going to be a lot of fun, but make sure all of you are subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss anything because again, it's going to get crazy here soon, but thanks for listening. As always, we are on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube too. So if you want to subscribe there to our channel, you absolutely can. We drop new episodes every Thursday. So we will see you next week. Oh,